five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher. Today on SpaceQ, I'm going to discuss the Montreal Space Symposium in two segments, which were recorded at the conference on Thursday, October 5th. The Montreal Space Symposium is a new conference that was conceived of and organized by students. In the span of just over two months, seven people from different universities pooled their efforts to organize this two-day conference. The organizers brought together 12 student associations from Montreal, what they are now calling the Montreal Student Space Associations. Because they kept their costs low and managed to raise the funds they needed from the associations, registration was free, and they confirmed 400 registrations, with approximately 300 attending the keynote. Their 47 speakers included a sizable contingent from the Canadian Space Agency, university professors, a handful from industry, one from the military, and of course the students themselves. In the first segment, I spoke with three of the organizers. Sandri Pape, who is an engineering major at McGill University. Ali Lugerste is also an engineer major, though from Concordia University and Jan Clarence D., who recently graduated from Concordia University with a degree in mechanical engineering, and who now works at the Canadian Space Agency as a junior systems engineer. In the second segment, I spoke to Canadian Space Agency President Sylvain Laporte shortly after he delivered the keynote speech at the symposium. In my discussion with Monsieur Laporte, we spoke about the conference and also touched on some of the recent developments at the Canadian Space Agency. Space Concordia Rocket Show Lead, as well as Space Concordia's VP Marketing, and I am repping Space Concordia for this event. My name is Sandro Papias. I'm a McGill Engineering undergraduate student, and I'm also the lead of McGill Rocket Team. Hi, my name is uh, Jan Clarence D. I'm a recent graduate from Concordia University just this summer, 2017. Um, uh, I was the uh, satellite team lead of, uh, of the spacecraft division within Space Concordia, and now I'm currently working at the Canadian Space Agency. So you're the three that I'm talking to, but there were a few others who were involved yes. today. Um, uh, I think we could cite uh, Hannah, yeah. Yeah. who was our main marketing uh, yeah. yeah, Hannah is involved person. in Space Concordia as well as Ciadi, mm-hmm. which is the Concordia and Aerospace yeah. We also had uh, Matthias, the VP external from Space Concordia. We had Paul Lebrun, which is the head and founder of uh, McGill Space System Group, is the satellite equivalent of Space Concordia satellite equivalent in McGill. So um, that was pretty much the core of the team, I believe. We also had like some people who helped out a lot as well. Like we had someone, Matthias from uh, from the Institute of Air and Space Law in McGill. We mm-hmm. also had Ziggy, who's uh, uh, also like a, a member of the Astro McGill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we also have a lot of help from uh, well, well help from uh, Polytechnique as well from Polyorbit, um, uh, Vincent Aguilar, and uh, uh, who is the team lead of the spacecraft division of of, of the satellite team in uh, Polytechnique. All right, so I'm just going to... 
So, whose idea was it? Was it just one person? Was it a group of people? Did you sit around at a table one day having a drink, assuming you're all of legal age, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and decide? You are. Okay, good. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, so, the way it happened was... Uh, really random. Yeah, it was, it was quite coincidental, you could say. So, um, I was working on a conference at the time with a group of... Uh, McGill groups essentially so there was uh, a, a rep from the McGill Space Institute a rep from my team McGill Rocket team uh, MSSG which we mentioned before um, Air and Space Law a lot of these space focus groups at McGill and there was a lot of interest and a lot of cool things happening at space at McGill and I kind of wanted to bring everyone together to do one conference um, and then so when I was doing that, this was about maybe three or four months ago, three months ago, and then shortly afterwards, I ran into Ali yeah. at another meeting, actually to do with uh, Rocketry. It was for a Canadian Rocketry meeting because we both were representing our respective teams. And at that point, um, I can't remember how it came up, but I brought it into the conversation, or, I can, I can or Ali did. Yeah. We were talking about the collaboration between our Canadian rocketry teams, so that was our objective, and we came to the point of outreach, and we we're like, oh yeah, we can do groups, group events to promote space in a better and more unified voice, and we we're just like, oh yeah, and there's space we're coming in October, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to organize something, and Miguel was like, oh yeah, us too, and we we're like... <laughs> Let's do something together. And it really happened randomly. And the next Wednesday, we just showed up at their meeting. And that's, that's how it yeah. all started. So this was two months ago. And I ran into Ali. And then she's so hold like... Hold on, hold on. So first of all, so there was like... By this point, there's like 14 groups that have sort of come together. So at this early stage, there was maybe like five or, five or six groups at McGill. And then... So I was a part of that initial group, and then I met Ali, who was in charge of Space Concordia, which is kind of three groups in a sense, mm -hmm. because they have separate divisions. So Ali's three groups, they were interested in planning a Space Week event, and my five or so groups were interested in planning a Space Week event, and we two, both of us collided at this meeting of the Canadian And this Rocketry was two teams. months ago. Yeah. So it was a bit, yeah, over two months ago. Just over two months ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of ideas, but nothing was together, and when we decided to meet up, it was like, okay, we gotta do something. Thing. Yeah, and then we're like, we got to move, and then we decide our date, and then we never turn back from there. So that must have been a lot of work squeezed into that time. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you're, and you're still, two of you are still students. Yeah, yeah me and Ali, or Ali is actually, has an a, internship. she has a full-time job right now, I and I have a full-time course load as well as a research project, and my our jobs also for these student yeah. groups that we represent. So your grade's going to suffer because of this, or you're just not getting sleep? No, we're just... That's exactly it. Yeah, we're not sleeping very much, but we're, I think we've learned to juggle by this point. So, yeah. so by Saturday, you're going to be... That's we're, it. It's, a, it's uh, We're celebrating. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to celebrate on <laughs> Friday. It's not right now. Saturday. I think our faces show our first so dates. It's Concordia, McGill, and there was a couple other... Polytechnique as well. Yeah. Sorry? Polytechnique. So, uh, the University of Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, joined, they joined on a bit later on in the project. Yeah. This was maybe about a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and we're here at the Palais des Congrès. 
uh, it doesn't come for free. No. So um, <laughs> you must have done some sort of fundraising. Did you get some grants, or was it too mm-hmm. late for a grant? Or how did you get the funding to actually make this happen? Yeah. Well, we got a lot of help from like uh, a lot of the, um, the initial funding we got actually was from the Institute of McGill Institute of Aerospace and Engineering. Yeah. Um, uh, they kind of the engineers. Were, yeah, the engineers. They were the aerospace engineers. The aerospace engineers. Yeah, exactly. They just they were so excited as, as soon as like we pitched the idea to them. They 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 they, they really wanted us to work on it. And after that, like we also asked like you know the Concordia Institute as well, and then we also asked the Vietnamese Institute as well, and then like we got like our major funding from those. Yeah. From those so it's it's people. Institute for Aerospace that are exactly. majorly funding yeah. this event. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, actually MIAE specifically Teresa, who was our oh main point God. of contact there. And as Jan said, they were really uh, instrumental in making this happen. So thank you to Teresa, Linda as well, and. <laughs> Uh, Professor Stephen Yu, because they were the first people we reached out to, and because of their initial large donation, it was really the thing that got us off the ground and enabled us to move forward immediately. And if we didn't get that, there's a large chance that this wouldn't have happened. It takes time to organize getting the venue, getting the uh, audiovisual, all those things, and they cost money. And then, of course, um, you've got an idea, you've got funding, now you have to get people interested and speakers. So I, I found out about this rather late in after you've, you've started this, and I'm usually ahead of the curve on, on these things space-wise. Um, how did you get the word out? Uh, I mean, was it was it really all Facebook, or were there other social media platforms? Well, like I or your networks. Yeah, well, like yeah, pretty much all that, all of the above. Yeah. Well, luckily we're yeah. part of like two slash three different universities. Yeah. Well, two were presented right here, but actually three. So we had a lot more reach. In this domain, especially that our institutes like MIAE, for example, reached out to their own contacts on their own side mm-hmm. to reach out for sponsors, It's for example. Mm-hmm. And we all have like different contacts for different means because I know a lot of us are actually involved in the space industry. And in, for example, uh, the Institute for Air and Space Law is something that is extremely focused on networking. So it was like a very good yeah. pathway to getting speakers. Definitely. Yeah, to add on to that, like that was our main strength actually in this whole conference is that we were so many groups so we were able to reach so many people because mm-hmm. all these groups individually represented their own communities and we were so diverse. Very, exactly mm-hmm. so diverse we represented so many people that we just got um, each of these groups to kind of pioneer on our behalf and reach out to people and market and so this benefited because we were able to get so many people as well as speakers that we probably would have never been able to reach otherwise so Jan, um- you work at the CSA now, having graduated from Concordia, the CSA being the Canadian Space Agency. Um, were you the point of contact to get the CSA involved in this? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I was pretty much, I used all of my space contacts pretty much for this conference as well. Um, uh, so yeah, I got, that's all of, almost all of the CSA. Did you have to start at the bottom or work and work your way up the ladder or did you go right to the president's office? Oh, actually we already have like uh, a history with the, the president as well. Okay. Um, uh, we did, uh, he did come over to Concordia last year um, uh, for the space week event. Yeah, for the space week event. Like he actually gave it like at the same week, but last year, um, um, much smaller crowd than it is. Um, 
than it is right now. Like, uh, um, uh, so we did have that previous connection with him as well. But like, it was very easy for me, especially like I could just go up to, you know, to a lot of the speakers, go up to their office, and just say like, "Hi, can you come speak as well?" You probably have like six or seven speakers from the Canadian Space Agency. Yes, yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> and out of what forty-two odd speakers? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. There's there's a bit less than that. We were forty-seven presentations, and, but there's two uh, that are repeating. So. Long. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I counted. Okay, so 15. Yeah. Okay. So um, so you got your speakers. Mm-hmm. You were able to get your speakers. You got your funding. And you did all this in, in two months. Uh, today's the first day. Um, you had 500 people who registered. Mm-hmm. And then you had about 400 that confirmed. Yeah. And I'm looking around, I'd say maybe two to 300 at a time have showed up. Is that about right? Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, numbers were more like I think we had 500 at the end that confirmed out of the 600 that pre-registered. But yeah, the yeah, rest of it sounds about right. It's around that ballpark, pretty yeah. much. Um, uh, it's pretty incredible. I think all in all, at the end, at the end of everything, we we got if you include speakers, volunteers, organizers, everything. Where 600 people around. Mm. How much? 600. 600. Okay. 600. Total, that's a lot of volunteers. Split up, <laughs> split up in between those two days because yeah, it's yeah, a very, right. very student-based yeah, event. So it's right. a lot of like going in and out of class, coming exactly. here for like a morning, leaving, coming by the next day in the afternoon. So it's really like fluid and this kind of thing. Yeah. So I didn't realize that the student community in Montreal was uh, that into space. Mm-hmm. And obviously things have changed when I was a student in Montreal <laughs> because when I was a student, well... Yeah, it was a long time ago, and there wasn't much space going on. So, so this is great to see, uh, especially at Concordia, where I spent a, a brief amount of time at before I uh, moved out to, to the West Coast. Um, so, uh, it's a lot of work. Um, Hey, we're halfway through the, or almost, almost done with the first day. Mm-hmm. We've got one more day tomorrow, which will be easier than today because today you have to get through registration, oh, yes. uh, which is always uh, logistically uh, difficult. But you did; it, it went relatively smoothly. Um, Next year, are you planning on doing this again? Bigger and better. Bigger and better. Absolutely. I think, yeah, we, after, like, the success of this year, I mean, fingers crossed, we still have another day ahead. But, um, yeah, there's just, just through doing this, we've seen so many opportunities to improve it and so many opportunities to grow it. And as well, we've seen that people are interested in this type of event. And, yeah, I think that we can really make this into a mainstay kind of space event that happens every year and people get excited about it in Montreal and kind of cultivate that space interest in Montreal. So what was the purpose of actually doing the event? Was it to bring together the Montreal space community or is it to uh, push a, a particular agenda of trying to get more space in Canada? It's a bit more specific than that. I think we've outlined our uh, three main points that define what we're fighting for, in a sense. The first one would be we want Montreal to be the space hub of Canada. We have the CSA that's here already. We have MDA, and we, we think there's a lot of room for growth, especially in this like new like space-booming age that we're living currently. And Montreal has a lot of potential, just like through all the universities. So which leads to our second point, which is students have so much potential in the space industry. All the associations we're part of compete in like international competitions and win these international competitions. Don't want to be like pretentious, but we got talents, and I think it's something that we should showcase to the public as well as the industry. And the third point we would have is that we want to show these students that there's it's not that hard to get involved in space, and that there's so much like 
opportunities open to them through these student associations, through like various grants. There's like CCP that's going to be announced very soon. I don't know if you heard about it. It's the Canadian CubeSat uh, program. The project, yeah, it's project. already been announced. Sorry, well, which the one? The, for, uh, the Canadian CubeSat. Uh, I'm very familiar with, with yes. the CubeSat initiative. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's uh, that's literally this coming to realization, and there's so much more that can be done that we want to push, like, and show students how they can get involved, and that it doesn't take like. People think that space is astronauts. People don't know that space is just like sit down and get involved. It's it's not rocket science, but it is rocket science. <laughs> it's both. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, from your perspective, young students, young out just out of university and in, in your first job, really, uh, in the space sector, do you see the? Um, Opportunities in Canada? Do you, do, you, do you think the space program is, is something that, that's going to grow in Canada and that, that Canada is a good place to, to have a career in this in this field? I think it's a unique time right now because it seems like the Canadian government is really listening, especially, especially in the space sector. It seems like they have a very open mind. So I think this is a very good opportunity for us to make our voice heard and try and make an impact. And I think that we can really push forward our agenda and try and make meaningful changes to, to make it more of what we want to see and really push forward that growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now with the programming, was it just a matter of who can we get to speak or, or did you actually put some thought into what type of topics you actually wanted to hear people talk about? Yeah, well, uh, um, it was, well, at first it was pretty much just uh, like a little bit of a free-for-all. But, but then after that, we, we got a little bit more organized. We said um, that we actually had like a plan and all that. And we had a lot of contingencies, at least for now, like in the beginning stages, especially so close, like when there's not much time left. Um, well, we were very focused on getting uh, enough speakers and all that. And then we started getting speakers and we got worried that, oh, maybe we have too much speakers then. <laughs> and then like, uh, and, um, so we had a lot of contingencies plans we had we we um, we we do space engineering and it's the same thing over here also like there's a lot of different ways for things to fail especially with the program so like, <laughs> we had a lot of backups just in case yeah. so like uh, it was it's kind of like a shotgun approach a little bit too we just like put the word out got as many people to submit and then we sat down in a room and we we're just like okay now what and then we just had a session and we yeah. planned out the entire program exactly so based on my experience the, when you have a larger window to plan the conference, you put your call for papers out, and nobody answers. <laughs> and then you start panicking, and then you start saying, hey, people, you know, the conference is coming up, and the deadline's, well, we're going to extend it. And, you know, it, it, a lot of people just do it right at the end. But you guys didn't have that uh, problem because, well, we started at the end. Right <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, but think about that for next year. So, uh, in looking at the speaker list, like I said, you have, uh, um, I I don't know, what, uh, 20, no, 10%, 15% Canadian Space Agency speakers, Mm -hmm. which is good for the students to hear about the programs and what the opportunities are uh, at the CSA. Um, And then you have a bunch of students that are going to be speaking on a variety of talks. but I didn't see too much in the way of industry yet. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would, you know, you work on for next year? Is Definitely. to have a more, uh, or have a, a different type of schedule where there's more industry involved? Definitely. Um, uh, one of the things that you want to do as MSSA is more Montreal Student Space Association is to connect students to industry. I feel like right now we we do have industry. We do have some people like MBA, ABB, NAPTEC, and all that. But 
Um, uh, it would be much nicer to get more industry, and I do think we can. Like, uh, I think it's mainly because uh, we don't have those initial contacts of the uh, those companies as well, except for like those companies which I just mentioned. Um, uh, so a lot of the times, like uh, the our only means of contacting them is to, through their website or through like their generic phone numbers and all that, which you which typically doesn't you know get a response until a couple of you know weeks or sometimes. Or, and at this case, it became too late. Um, uh, so well, I think after this event, it'll be a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, yeah, that's what we're hoping a lot. Exactly. Like, uh, um, so we definitely we want to capitalize on like the industry, and I do, and we do think that it's very important to connect students to industry. Yeah. As well. Yeah, going back to like our goal, like it's more than just bridging the gap between the CSA and the students. It's also just on the whole between the industry and the students as well, making sure the industry knows that there's this talent of students, and vice versa, that the t- students know about the opportunities in industry. So it's somewhere something we want to work on for next year. Sure. Uh, do you want this to stay primarily a Quebec-focused, Montreal-focused event, or, or students who are interested that you know want to come from elsewhere in Canada are encouraged to come? Um, we we briefly talked about it. We never really made a, uh, a quick conclusion. We we did name it the Montreal Student Space Associations for a reason, though, um, uh, because we wanted to make it a Montreal. Like like one of our goals, which Ali mentioned, is to make you know Montreal a space city. And all that like um, like we get a lot of uh, like when people think of Montreal, they think it's an aerospace city, but you know much more on the aero side than it is on the space side. Um, uh, so so like uh, we haven't. Um, for now, at least, the scope is to stay within the Montreal region. Yes. Yeah. To, to add on to that, too, um, we had because we did have this discussion, as Jan mentioned, about you know Canada versus Montreal and the benefits to both. It really felt like being one centralized group, we really had a lot of ability to plan this thing and move really quickly, as opposed to getting a lot of players involved. But that being said, just because we are corely or mainly based in Montreal, we still want to have like an impact across Canada. As much as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think um, from my perspective, based on what I've seen over the years, looking at the aerospace sector and breaking it out into the aviation and the space segment, that the space segment from a percentage-wise, it's not as dollar-wise, it's not... uh, um, close to the uh, aviation side in terms of annual revenues, but the gap is closing. And, and, and there's there's a reason for that. And it's, it's it's closing slowly, but it is closing. The the space segment is is growing faster than the aviation side. And uh, you know you're part of a new group that is going to help grow the industry in, in Quebec and Canada, and uh, that will definitely shrink that even further. Um, so I, I, it was interesting. Uh, Sylvain Laporte just spoke. Uh, what did you think of his talk? Did you see it? Or yeah, we were all there. Uh, I was, I was a little bit <laughs> running around everywhere at that time, so I wasn't able to see it. I, I thought it was a, yeah, it was an excellent overview of what Canada is doing in the space sector um, and how we can get involved. And I think it was pretty inspiring as well. Like for everyone that was in the audience, all the students, I definitely think it's a really meaningful presentation for everyone. I think that's the last que- the last question that was asked should be uh, mentioned because Sylvain yeah. made a point that is relevant to what we're doing right now. Absolutely. If you want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So the last question that was asked is, uh, collaboration is something that's very difficult, especially on an international level. And um, it was the question was by Hannah, actually one of our organizers, how to um, 
how to break down those barriers and how to collaborate on an international level. And I think that really resonated with us because that's really what this was. And that's really what space is about, is about collaboration. And that's about what we were doing here. So I think it's really important to note. So I'm going to ask one more question, which is uh, an interest of mine, which is uh, launch capability. Canada has no launch capability. Um, and over the years since I've been involved, uh, the Canadian government has expressed on many times that um, there isn't a business case in Canada and that the government isn't interested in supporting uh, building a government-sponsored launch service. And I can understand that. It, it, it makes sense. But from the commercial perspective, um, uh, and having covered a lot on the small satellite side, uh, I see that there's a, a market there for small sat launchers. Now, there's a lot of companies trying to get into that uh, segment of the, of the market. Most of them are in the U.S., uh, and there, a lot of them are getting into this because the bigger companies, even the SpaceX, really aren't that interested in it. Um, they're focusing more on the, you know, the, the larger satellites. Um, do you think that this is something that I know? And we'll focus on Quebec. Would it be something that might grow out of Quebec? That there might be some sort of a couple companies or one company that we, might grow yeah. at some point into a, providing the service? Yeah. We're very familiar with uh, the people. Actually, we, we've met a few people that have are actually working on these projects, and that some more than others know what they're doing and actually have some plans for the future. And it's something very exciting for us. There's still some a lot of trouble regulation-wise. And in terms of like the whole government structure, that makes it really hard for people to test and launch and like deal with rocketry in general. But I know there's a lot of movement going on, and I think it's it's gonna it's gonna move a lot in the future years. Yeah, yeah. Glad you asked that question because it's something that hits ho close to home for me and Ali mm -hmm. because uh, we both work on rocketry projects, um, and we talk a lot with all the rocketry teams across Canada. There's about 15 of us, and we all compete internationally. Do extremely well. And do well, yeah. Yeah, we we do. Dominate that competition typically and um, so this is something that we have kind of made a point of all of us across Canada is trying to make a voice for improving the ability to launch in Canada because right now there's no framework really uh, to launch and this is actually something that we brought so you're up. you're talking about the regulatory framework yeah. to start with. So this is one problem because we had meetings like Ali said with people trying to make startups in the sector but there's a lot of barriers to that one of them is regulatory uh, from Transportation Canada because there's no framework to launch in Canada like there is in the US. So that's one And of interestingly enough Mark Arnault <laughs> former astronaut and president of the Canadian Space Agency <laughs> is the Minister of Transport. We're mm -hmm. hoping. Uh, so, have you had a chance to talk to him? Um, we've made some plans. We've sent. I believe there was a letter that was drafted um, at one of our meetings. But yeah, this is something that we're looking to to work on uh, in the future. And this is something we brought up to Sylvain after his presentation, just alerting him of it. And he gave us some means for improving this and trying to create a dialogue because, as you know, they're looking into building this the spaceport in Nova Scotia, which is going to create some commercial opportunities. And so what we want to make sure of is that there is that opportunity extends as well to us, the students, so that we can continue developing our systems and really just pushing propulsion and rocketry development, launch system development in Canada. So uh, the company you're talking about is Maritime Launch Services, and they're hoping to um, build a spaceport in, in Nova Scotia. Um, it's not a 
guarantee that it's going to happen. They have to uh, get their funding and then go through the regulatory framework, which they've been trying to do in environmental uh, assessment review and the rest of it. Um, uh, for the sake of argument, what if they didn't exist? What would you do? We would fight in or but Yeah, we'd, we'd create, I think, our own way forward because the reality is we need to launch, like we create launch vehicles, although they don't go to space, they go to about 30,000 feet um, and we do experiments on them, scientific experiments. So you're talking... Uh, sounding rockets. Sounding rockets. Exactly, yeah. So this is what we develop at our teams and regardless, we need a means to test them. So we... Regardless of uh, that happening, this this is an opportunity for us to have a platform to launch. So how do you test them now? Typically, a lot of teams go down to the states. Uh, there's so you can't launch at the moment in Canada. You cannot launch in Canada. I think you could there's, use the schedule. You, you have a very low ceiling, so you exactly. have opportunities to launch, but it has to be framed by the Canadian Association of Rocketry that has like sub like associations within provinces, which have their own launch sites because it's like hobby rocketry, but like the ceilings are. Six thousand feet or so. There's there's very small windows in time. For example, there's a few yearly events that happen across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no there's no place where you, dedicated place where you could go right now and actually launch the type of sounding rockets that you wanted to, to, to launch. This is exactly the issue that we're trying to address. Is we need some capabilities in Canada to do launches on sounding rockets, and we shouldn't be forced to go down to the United States to test our. Uh, our systems. This is a big country. You'd think <laughs> we'd find a place. You'd think so, yeah. yeah. there's so much space. How is it not possible? So, we used to do it at uh, Churchill, Manitoba. Right. And there's a few places like this. Like uh, There's a military base in Gagetown, which as well is very suitable for launches. And there is launches there. But like we said, it's mainly a regulatory thing that they won't allow us to go to a certain height. Um, as well, there's obviously uh, flight traffic control issues, um, airspace control issues. So we understand it's not a simple problem, but um, it's something that we want to work on. Yeah. So beyond sounding rockets, do either of you have plans of wanting to get involved in developing something <laughs> that could go uh, orbital? Yeah. I think that's that's kind of our dream yeah. for all of us. Think, and yeah. <laughs> we're, we're really, really excited, I think. I'm talking for myself, but I think I can talk for Sandra as well and for my rocketry team. Is like Things are getting so exciting right now. There's like so many initiatives going on. We're, we're literally seeing people that graduated being like, I'm starting my own rocketry company. And it's like... You, you try this. I don't know. What if the regulatory framework uh, takes all, you know several years, five years for it to change, or, or longer, and or maybe things don't change? Would you see yourself maybe leaving Canada and going to someplace where you could do this? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's only going to hurt Canada, and it's only going to continue to hurt it because the talent that wants to get involved, like you said, they're 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 not going to wait around for the government to uh, to allow them to do that. They're going to find somewhere else to work, and they're going to follow their dreams. And it's unfortunate because people want to do that where where they're from in Canada. I mean, it's the ideal place. So do you think it's important for Canada in the future to have its own launch capability, even if it's just a commercial provider? Yeah, I think it's essential if they want to remain like competitive in the space industry and if they really want to continue to foster the development of young students like ourselves and young professionals. I think there's a lot that has to do also with like the support that's shown and how to show it's taken seriously and not it's not just like hobby rocketry that gets to launch but it's it's a real thing you know it's it's something that is important for the future of space and you can't just put it aside and be like okay we're going to focus on this one area when there's people that are fighting for it and that can do it. So we spent a lot of time talking about launch capability but there's a lot of students here who are interested in a lot of other different things and for them, you think that there's lots of opportunities as well. 
Um, yeah, to, to some degree. Uh, it depends because the Canadian Space Agency has certain priorities, and whatever priorities, if you're not included in that priority, it can be tough um, to get involved. So I do think there's people interested in all kinds of space activity. And we that, even have uh, our uh, Space Concordia SVP Finance that is like fighting for um, making space finances like something that is talked about and s because it's going to become an issue at some point, right? Mm -hmm. And he's advocating for that and trying to like make it like something, a subject that's known and discussed. And I think that's one example of like... And um, so uh, one of the things that uh, Sylvain brought up in his speech, and this will be my last question, mm -hmm. was the... Um, uh, Canadian astronaut recruitment campaign, mm -hmm. and we just picked two new two new astronauts. Mm -hmm. um, there could be the possibility in the future that we'll have another astronaut uh, recruitment campaign, and it could be sooner than than this one was between you know 12, 13 years between recruitment campaigns. Let's say there was a recruitment uh, campaign that went started in five, six years. Would you guys be interested? Oh. Hands down. I don't know if I'm going to get it, though, but... Yeah. Would you apply? Would you apply? Why not? <laughs> I'm not eligible. Sad face. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's pretty inspiring, the new astronauts, especially one of them is from McGill, Jenny. She was an undergraduate there doing mechanical engineering, which is what I'm doing, as well as many of my peers uh, at these design team groups, like McGill Rocket Team. So I think, uh, yeah, like his presentation showed us that it is, it's, it's students like us at these universities who are working on these projects who are, who are making the difference in the future of space and can be selected for something like this. So I don't think I would get it because, I mean, I don't have 20-20 vision or perfect health, but... Oh, I got news for you. 20-20 vision is not a barrier these days. It's not, hey? I don't think so. Okay. I've seen astronauts wearing glasses, so <laughs> not an issue. There's other things that will rule you out, but yeah. uh, like, I don't like think... Like citizenship? Uh, sorry? Like citizenship? That could be one of them. Uh, citizenship? Well, you have to be Canadian citizen. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, thank you for uh, giving me some of your time, and uh, best of luck uh, for the rest of the conference, and uh, I'm going to look forward to coming back next year. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate this interview. Yeah. Montreal Space Symposium was conceived and organized by students from Montreal universities. What are your thoughts on the conference and what it says to the future of Canada's space program? Well, I think it's, uh, it's ex exceptional to see how 14 student associations who before were all siloed doing their own thing have realized that by coming together, they could get a le uh, um, an effective lever and be able to put something like the, uh, the Montreal Space Symposium conference that we're at, which is a two-day conference with a lot of very, very interesting speakers. So um, I think it speaks to how the passion that these folks have with respect to space and how they, uh, they realize that by collaborating together, like we do in space agencies by collaborating with other agencies, um, that the collaboration will get a bigger bang for the buck. So, uh, the Canadian Space Agency headquarters is here in St. Sebastian. So, do you think that had any influence on the fact that this grassroots sort of event grew? 
Um, that's hard to tell. Um, I should have uh, should have asked them that question, but <laughs> certainly proximity uh, um, helps with respect to being uh, top of mind for sure. But there's a lot of good, exceptional programs in these universities that regardless of where the space agency would have been located, would probably have been put in place anyway. So we, for example, you know, the QB50 folks in, uh, in Alberta, they have a very uh, vivid, very lively space program um, that is based on student interest as well. And we're clearly not in proximity to, uh, to Alberta. Um, but the fact that we are close enough uh, allowed for a lot of uh, of the uh, the folks from the agency to come and speak to uh, what they're working on and, and certainly express their own personal passion about space. Now, I, I just came up with this question based on the speech you just gave. You mentioned the CubeSat uh, program. Um, what kind of have you been getting a lot of interest from the universities across the country on this? Yes. Um, in fact, in, during the spring and the summer, uh, we went through an information campaign and, and, and briefings where we had uh, video conferences and whatnot. And they were very, very well attended by, by universities in all of the provinces and territories. And we've engaged in, uh, in uh, quite a sizable number of conversations um, on the phone with respect to uh, preparing the upcoming uh, call for proposals that should be issued um, in the mid to late uh, October timeframe. And do you expect that we'll actually get uh, uh, teams, I suppose, forming in every province and territory? Oh, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I mean, we're also going to look at uh, allowing some collaboration as well. So should a province or territory feel that um, they've got a lot to learn, there are other provinces that uh, have uh, a lot more maturity with respect to space. So um, we'll see how the contract comes out, but uh, hopefully there's, uh, there's ways for collaborating there to make sure that in the end, you know, we, uh, we uh, launched from the International Space Station um, 13 uh, nanosats, uh, one from each province and territory. So uh, I noticed, uh, because the Canadian Space Agency is quite active on social media, uh, especially in the last year, year and a half, uh, but in the, particularly in the last few weeks, I've noticed a lot of mentions about recruitment for engineers. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the push for new engineers? Is there... You know, turnover or is it that you're going to be bringing new engineers because you want new blood new programs are coming in well yes yes and yes right so you know as uh, those of those like us mark uh, you know with a certain number of age and gray hair uh, as we retire it makes room for new people and uh, we're looking at uh, at hiring from uh, from the junior ranks first of all second of all given all of the opportunities that uh, we're now considering in space um, it's time to uh, to invest in bringing in the new guard with new ideas new methods, new approaches, new knowledge. You know, it's all about innovation and we got to make sure that we keep fresh and on top of everything that's out there now. And so this week uh, uh, you came out with a a new memorandum of uh, understanding with uh, Sierra Nevada Corporation, uh, their space systems division for the uh, Dream Chaser spacecraft. Mm -hmm. Um, How did this agreement come about and might the opportunity and what, what is the opportunity for Canadians? Well, I think it's a great opportunity, and, and to be clear, first of all, it's a memorandum of understanding. It's not a contract, right? So it's just an understanding between us and them to open the channels of communication. So 
Um, Sierra Nevada is looking at um, different configurations for the Dream Chaser. They're looking at improving its capa- capability, its capacity going forward, and they're looking at collaborating with uh, with uh, industries. Um, and they've uh, certainly targeted Canada because we are quite recognized for the uh, the quality of our technology here. And with this memorandum of understanding, now we're looking at having, for example, a, a, an industry day um, where Sierra Nevada and Canadian industry will be able to discuss uh, our Canadian capabilities that could be of interest to Sierra Nevada going forward. Now, I also noticed that um, part of the announcement was that it was open to researchers. Does that suggest that um, there could be uh, funding for researchers to fly payloads on the Dream Chaser? Well, as we look forward to uh, to how we conduct science and space going forward, um, clearly we have to, to take into uh, consideration what the commercial space providers will be uh, able to uh, to uh, give us in terms of an opportunity. Um, so, conducting science on something like a Dream Chaser or you know another capsule by another provider, uh, uh, Blue Origin or. or SpaceX uh, opens up a whole new uh, opportunity for for science to be conducted. So, um, Dream Chaser, like others, uh, we need to look at how science can now be conducted in a different way than simply just targeting something to be done on the International Space Station. So now we'll have opportunities to do things very differently. And um, so are you looking just at the cargo version of the Dream Chaser, or is there a possibility that um, if things move forward that a Canadian astronaut might actually fly on a Dream Chaser? <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, so going forward, um, you know, the Americans, NASA has made it very clear that they're looking at flying all their astronauts on commercial flights. And uh, we are part of that program. I mean, we follow suit. Uh, so certainly, um, is it in the cards that future Canadian astronauts would then fly commercially? Uh, the answer is most likely yes. How, when, how much, none of that has been defined. Um, but the Americans are moving away from, um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the Russian launching program uh, to go commercial. So we're likely to follow suit. And so... Uh, Right now, we don't have much in the way of options uh, for getting our astronauts into space. Um, but in the future, we could have SpaceX, we could have Origin, we could have Sierra Nevada, we could have um, uh, Boeing. Um, Julie Payette was part of an astronaut group of five, and we currently have four active astronauts, and the, the campaign between selecting astronauts it's been about 12 years or so so with these new opportunities or these new capabilities of being able to send more astronauts into space through our american partners and with seemingly some more opportunities coming up for for canada is it possible that we might get an astronaut class sooner rather than later like five years from now as opposed to let's say 12 years that's hard to say. Um, that's really crystal balling, right? So I think yeah. the, the priority at this point will be to make sure that we find flights for, for, for Josh and Jenny after they, they graduate two years from now, right? Um, so that's going to be top priority for us. So let's get them up in space. Um, hopefully by that time, Jeremy will have uh, will have his ticket as well. 
um, and we'll concentrate on that before looking at any other future opportunities. But I, I, you know, I don't mind sharing the fact that um, as we move forward to the commercial human space program, um, and, and we're talking a few years down the line still, um, but we would have to reconsider the duration of the uh, astronaut stay on the ISS. So should the the duration um, which is driven a lot by the launcher program. Should the duration uh, uh, be uh, shortened, um, we will see an acceleration of the number of launches, commercial launches to the ISS. Then, by all means, if uh, if uh, you know we need to consider a bigger cadre of Canadian astronauts, we'll we'll make that decision at that time. But that's more like in the five or ten year range or horizon just in time for the current group that are here at the uh, at the conference <laughs> to send in their applications. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Monsieur Laporte. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube Podcast. If you have comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spacecube.ca or you can post them on our website at spacecube.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. You can also find Space Cube on Twitter at Canada in Space and we post all our articles and podcasts to Facebook at The Space Cube and don't forget to like us on Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn at Mark K. Boucher and if we're connected, you'll get Space Cube articles and the podcast notification in your newsfeed. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app. If you use iTunes, please consider rating the show and writing a review if you're so inclined. Inclined.